Welcome to Leadership 2020. I'm Claire Carpenter. I'm joined today by Kim Gieske. Kim is the HR Director with Planet Organic and she's an executive coach. So thank you, first of all, for joining me. It's a pleasure to be here. I know, and I can't wait to hear your story, actually. So I know that you've been with Planet Organic now for nine years, but it's quite a different place to be today than it was nine years ago. I think I'm right. That's right. Okay. Um, So maybe you'd like to tell us a bit about that and help us understand some of the changes that have happened there. Okay. So when I joined nine years ago, the company had just been rescued from the brink of bankruptcy and it was quite a challenging time for the business. So I joined just after a new CEO had been brought in along with a new commercial director, another woman, Linda Campbell, who's now managing director of Body Shop. And between us, we saw that there was huge potential for this business, but we really needed a clear business strategy and an HR strategy to support it. So we realised that Planet Organic could differentiate itself on the level of customer service that it offered. So everything that we built from that was as a result of this strategy. So with regard to the people, there were no grooming standards, there was no recruitment process, no training. So there was huge opportunity to improve things, which I find particularly exciting. So first of all, we started with building a really clear recruitment process. So highly structured, removed any bias, and we really wanted to hire warm and friendly people who were really engaged with what we were selling. Can I ask you, that sounds really important to me, but lots of people who go into a new organisation perhaps think the recruitment process isn't very robust and isn't delivering what they want, Mm. wouldn't know where to start with that. So how do you take something that is not working and decide what that looks like? How did you recruit for warm warm people. Yeah, so the really frightening thing was people would walk in off the street, say, I'd like a job, and they'd get a job, and they were potentially quite unsuitable. So we looked at what the key competencies were, which were important to us. So warmth and friendliness, engagement in what we did as a business, and as a desire to learn, because as well as delivering great service, people do need some good product knowledge. And if you don't have that, we don't mind as long as you really want to learn that. Mm. So we identified some key competencies and a really robust recruitment procedure. So a telephone interview, a trial shift, a food test to see how good you are with your food, and then a face-to-face interview with the manager. And then HR would come in at the end just to make sure that the right kind of people were being recruited. So that was a good starting point to make sure that we were getting positive, engaged people into the business. Yeah, I mean, that really is quite the procedure, isn't it, for the level of role that you're talking Mm. about? So to be clear, we're talking about... Team members in the stores. Team members in a store, aren't we? On tills, on food to go, chilled produce. But it's important because that's the person who the customer meets and, you know, hopefully it's going to create a lasting and positive experience for them. So interesting to think that you might in some organisations see that level of robustness for say a head office role or a back office role but actually the front office recruitment process is exactly as you say walking off the street and you have a job. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah really important to get that right but also to remove bias as well in this age of diversity and inclusion a really clear structured process which everybody goes through to show that you're being completely fair. Yeah, sorry to have interrupted you there, but it's such an important thing, isn't it? So I guess the next point was all about the culture. 
So Planet Organic is a really purpose-driven, values-led business. You know, we want to promote health in the community. But what we really wanted to emphasise were what are the behaviours which are really important that are going to make you successful at Planet Organic? So we devised a term called Planet Player, which is essentially an employee of the month scheme. So every month, an employee will nominate their colleague who's shown that they work really hard, work well in teams, want to learn and develop and are supportive. And so we developed this planet player philosophy in each of our stores, in head office and in our central kitchen. So that was really good to see those planet players coming through. And at the end of the year, at our summer party, it culminates with the planet player of the year. And that's really wonderful to see uh, the nominees and the winners get really amazing prizes. This year, our winners going to New York. Previous years, they've gone to India. And before that, they helped with our founders, Olive Harvest in Tuscany. So quite motivating prizes to get people really involved and engaged as well. And I really wanted to build a meritocracy where if you worked hard and developed yourself and wanted to learn... It was all there for you. And, you know, we've got some great examples of people who started at team member level who are now store managers. So six out of eight of our store managers started as team members and we very much use them as role models. So we've got their profiles in all of our staff rooms as well. That's just such a success story, isn't it? Six out of eight of your store managers Mm. started as team players. And our area manager as well. That's, I mean, I'm just I'm pausing for impact because I think that there are aren't very many organisations who would be able to p- point out that level of internal development. Mm. So we fill all of our management roles in store internally. And I think we came across this almost by chance, actually, because we brought in some external people at GT manager level and it wasn't working out. I think because we have quite a quirky culture and we have bespoke systems, which are a little bit difficult to understand unless you've grown up with them so it was almost by trial and error that we realized actually grow your own and then you're going to get such great people as managers who really understand what it's like to be a team member i'm thinking that in order to do that then you need to have some pretty good learning and development processes in place as well won't you? yeah so i think this has been really key in terms of turning around the business so we developed a really robust induction program so when a team member starts they get a two-day induction So learn about the history of the business, but also our customer service standards and basic product knowledge. And then for people who want to grow and develop, we have three days of leadership training, which we developed ourselves, looking at really key competencies like presence and credibility, feedback, crisis management, assertiveness. And Corndell, an apprenticeship provider, have developed a wonderful level three and level five apprenticeship scheme for our managers and it's really interesting to see if you've got the resilience to get through that you're often the people that get promoted into the senior management roles and myself and each of the people in my HR team have all trained as executive coaches as well and that's been really fantastic because we've identified our high potential people and then taken the time to coach them individually And, you know, people are coached on a wide variety of subjects, but I think being able to coach on confidence is a real game changer for some people. And then also we've got an online performance management system called the Talent Toolbox. So all of the appraisals feed into a nine box grid so we can identify our high performers quite easily. So that's really helpful. Thinking about, in particular, the role of the store managers in encouraging people who work with them and for them to 
you know, take advantage of the progression opportunities that are available to them? How do they do that, do you think? So I think we're very good at spotting talent. We have a three-month probation period, which is... um, you know, quite challenging. And I think once you get through that, the store manager will definitely focus if you're an individual with those planet player type attributes, it's all there for the taking. So if you have a positive attitude, that next step up to team leader is available for you, or you have an opportunity to move into a different department, or even into different stores as well. So we're always encouraging our store managers to spot that talent, and move people to challenge them and progress them as well. Mm -hmm. And they know it's in their interest as well to nurture and develop people because that's how they're going to develop a strong cohort of managers within their store. So you talked about quite a significant change in the senior leadership team when you joined. I'm going backwards a little bit, but what made you decide to join this business anyway? Mm. What were you attracted to? Well, I have to say, when I was told that there was a role at Planet Organic, I thought, my goodness, I didn't even really know what Planet Organic was. I thought there'd be people walking around in cheesecloth, strumming (laughs) guitars. (laughs) But actually, what I saw was a business with huge potential. I think the health market at the time hadn't really been developed to its full potential. So I I knew that the products that we sold were fantastic. Mm. I really believe in the efficacy of organic farming now that I've had an opportunity to visit some organic farms and to sell natural products, which are very carefully sourced. So when there were scares such as um, BSE, and all that awful Horsegate scandal, we never had to worry because we know all of our suppliers intimately. So working for a business with really great values was a big uh, selling point for me, but also that there was this huge opportunity to help to transform the business by putting in some really robust strategies. Mm. And it feels like a really bold decision for you to have done that and Mm. taken that potential risk um, in joining a business that was struggling at that point. You've talked about words like robustness and I feel the resilience piece coming through. Mm. Say some more about those qualities because it feels like they might be interesting to explore in your organisation. Yes, so when I joined with the commercial director, it was a very male-dominated environment. So all the store managers were men, all the duty managers were men, all the buyers were men, the company head chef was a man. So hugely dominated environment. And, you know, that's not a problem if people are open to change. But the issue that we had, I believe, was around power and politics, that some people just really didn't want to change, even though we tried to do the right thing and create a vision, create a guiding coalition, take them along with us. But some people really did not want to. And that was a huge blocker and challenge for all of us. So that's when all your resilience skills have to come into place. Mm. And what are they, do you think? What what would mark out resilience for you? Having been a recruitment consultant years ago, I think you have to be a resilient person to bounce back from rejection. Mm. And just knowing that you're trying to transform a business and make it better, but you're constantly faced with people not wanting to change, being extremely difficult and arrogant at times, and just being focused enough just to carry on even though at times it can be upsetting Mm. and just maintaining some strength but I think I was really fortunate that I had Linda as well in it together with me so we went through that together for a few years. Yeah I'm wondering what advice you might give to somebody who is in that situation now what did you learn from that apart from the fact that having a buddy in that was really important for you? Mm. I learned that 
I think it's important to do the right thing and see if you can make that change in the correct way. Mm. But if people aren't willing to change with you, then you have to be relatively ruthless about it. And I don't think we were ruthless enough early on. So that's perhaps what I'd do differently next time. But make sure that you have people around you to support you who you can talk to about these things as well. That's vital. Yeah, I'm thinking about your own well-being as well. So Mm. mental well-being and what ability to unload some of that would be important, would it? Yeah, I've got a very supportive husband. (laughs) And I think I really got into running at that time as well. So I could run off some of the strain. Yeah, mm. I think that's really important. I think there's a there's a, a, obviously there's a lot of research about how your physical wellness and your mental wellness are linked. But do you think there's something about just being able to move and leave some of it behind you as you pace the streets? Mm, yeah, you know, Planet Organic's all about wellness as well. So you know, it's a holistic view about healthy living. So it's about your diet, it's about your attitude, it's about mindfulness, yoga, mm. exercise. Yeah. Mm. And so coming back to that world then, so very male-dominated, no female leaders coming through your business at all, Mm. what did you do? How did you change that? It was a a slow change process. So we started to recruit some junior people within the buying team as the business started to expand. And these women were fantastic and really started to develop and progress at quite a rapid rate. So that was the change within the head office. And within the stores, because we were recruiting really good people and we had all this learning and development in place, these people started to come through from team member to team leader to duty manager level. So it wasn't you know, an overnight change, but it was something that slowly started to happen. And it was interesting. I think at one point about four years ago, I did a some training and I realised all the eight people in the room were all women and I was thinking hmm that's interesting how that's happened overnight and I think there was a perception that being a duty manager in a store where you're effectively running the store when a store manager isn't there isn't a job for a woman but it's exactly the job for a woman you know all those great customer service skills that empathy that you sometimes need with customers diligence it was perfect for women to do and you talked about your recruitment process and the um, the rigour that you put into that now. Mm. And we're talking here about a sort of diversity issue, I guess, with male-female thing. But actually, is it more about the, va- the the value set that you're now recruiting coming to the top rather than necessarily it being women versus men? Is that what that's mm. about? Yes. I mean... This structure that we put in place was designed for everybody to grow and develop. It wasn't designed to help women. So we have some wonderful men coming through the business and they've got the right personality and attitude for our business, the warmth, but also the diligence and desire to lead people well and deliver great service. So you're right, it's about values as opposed to a bias towards one particular gender or area. We want everybody to grow and progress. And I guess you'll see that reflected in the customer experience. Exactly. So the wonderful thing about Planet Organic is we have 42 different nationalities, people from a wide variety of different backgrounds. And it's exactly the same with our customers. We're a London-based company with eight stores in London, and that totally reflects our client base as well. And how are you capturing customer experience, actually? How do you get feedback from them? So when I joined, we had a few mystery shop results and the mystery shop results were so terrible. (laughs) 
So what we did was we put in some really robust customer service training and we got mystery shoppers in. And now we have a good mystery shopper company called Hospitality Gem, who mystery shop our stores on a regular basis. But we also invite feedback in from our customers. So at the bottom of our till receipts, you can write in and tell us about your experience. That's really important for us. And then also with our e-commerce business, people have an opportunity as well to contact us about their customer experience. Mm. And so when you hear when you hear what your customers are saying now, how does that feedback get back out into your stores? Every store manager receives their mystery shop report on a monthly basis and that's scrutinised by the store manager and everybody within the store and also within the senior management team as well. We used to actually link it to a bonus that people would receive. And that was quite interesting. I think Pret do something similar. But when we reviewed our salaries last year, we decided it was actually more important to give people that money on top of their basic salary. So they always had it because we we're aware that living in London is an expensive business and we wanted to give everybody as much money as we could afford. So is there any incentive for the store manager in place now around customer feedback? So store managers and duty managers are bonused on about seven different criteria mm. and the mystery shop result is very heavily weighted. So just thinking back to that transition then from an almost insolvent, mm. unbalanced environment that you started in and coming back to where, where you are now, where does that leave Planet Organic today in terms of its 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 market, do you think? Well, it's been such an interesting journey and actually Planet Organic's in a really good place now. So we've moved from four to eight stores. We're a profitable business. We've really built our e-commerce business and our private label. And last year we were acquired by a private equity firm called Inverleaf. And we're really fortunate that Inverleaf has very similar values to us. So they really believe in health and the community and the other brands that they own are all health related as well. And the strategy now is to open more stores. So we're going to be looking at opening perhaps three to four stores next year and for the following three years. Mm. So it's just, it's such a great story, isn't it? It's just such a good turnaround and you Mm. can link it directly to the changes that you've made with regard to both recruitment, investment in staff, creating a, a more diverse workplace, one where values matter. What would you say to an organisation that perhaps finds itself where Planet Organic was nine years ago? What would you say to them are the really fundamental things that they might want to look at? So another key attraction for me was that Peter Marsh, the CEO, really valued HR and knew the importance of it. So I'd say to CEOs out there, please make sure that you place so much emphasis on HR because it can actually be very transformative and really help you to turn around the business because the importance of the quality of people that you have working for you and their behaviour and attitude is absolutely vital. I mean, especially I'm thinking in a retail environment, they they literally are the face, aren't they? The voice, the smile of the business. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, you want to go and shop in somewhere where perhaps somebody remembers your name, remembers what you bought last time, knows your preferences, can recommend really good products to you. And you will always remember the stores where you've had really terrible service, where Mm. you probably will never go back again and you'll probably tell most of your friends about that experience as well. Yeah, that's that great quote from Maya Angelou, isn't there, about how people never forget how you made them feel. Yep, we use that in our customer service training. It's a really powerful quote. Yeah. 
And so from your point of view then, thinking about your influence and impact on the business as HR director, Mm. you've talked there about having the support of the CEO for HR. What do you think are the qualities that someone who really wants to make an impact in HR needs to have? Mm. I think that you need to have a good strategy So some experience, so you know the right techniques to put in place. I think you need to network really well and form good, strong relationships within the business. You need to be quite an assertive, confident person as well, because as we've said, it can be a rocky road sometimes. Mm. Another thing that's really helped me is um, mentoring groups. I'm part of an HR director's mentoring group, and we meet about once every three months, and we just download to each other about all the challenges that we have faced and... uh, that's actually quite therapeutic. Yeah, mm. that's really important, isn't it? Again, yeah. part of that mental well well-being mm. piece is to have people to talk to. Yeah, definitely. And just coming back to some of the words that you use there, so confidence in particular, again, you've mentioned that and assertiveness a couple of times. Mm. Where do you find that when you're in a challenging boardroom situation? So if I go back to my childhood, I was packed off to boarding school at quite an early age. But one of the benefits of that is it does teach you really great self-confidence. And I think you learn it over the years in various difficult and challenging experiences that you've had. So by the time that you get to the boardroom, hopefully you've prepared for that meeting and you know what you're talking about, because I think that's key. And you just learn, I think, over the years. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, so I'm thinking about emotional intelligence now and I'm thinking about um, self-confidence being one of the really important competencies in in that sort of framework Mm. and perhaps if you've had a few knocks or you're in a difficult situation that might be quite hard to find is there work do you think that people can do who lack that level of confidence to turn that situation around so the work that we did with our people in terms of coaching them I think was very transformative so people lack confidence for a whole variety of different reasons And you don't know until you start asking some powerful questions. So if you are in that situation, I'd recommend anybody to try and get some coaching on that because your reasons are probably very different from somebody else's reasons. And it's been really wonderful to see the transformative effect that coaching can have. Mm. I think that it really can have a powerful, powerful impact, can't it? Mm. And some organisations are reticent to invest in that level of support for their management team, aren't they? Is that a lack of understanding of it, do you think? Yeah, because I think people have different perceptions of what coaching actually is. Mm. And there are a number of people out there calling themselves coaches and they're not really coaches. But to train people to be coaches actually doesn't cost that much money. So to do a full coaching qualification probably costs about £5,000. But if you give people the basic skills, that's probably about a £1,500 course. And we're at a point now where we teach everybody the basics of coaching at management level so that perpetuates itself mm. it's a key management behavior isn't it it's vital and so just i'm um, thinking about how you move from there what what's next do you think for developing the management team at planet organic what, what will happen next with them because we're going to be opening three or four stores next year that's going to be a big stretch for the business so think what we need to do is work out a way to rapidly develop people so that they can go and staff these new stores so we have that latent knowledge going into the new stores as well. So I think developing at speed is going to be a big challenge for us as well. And then the ongoing challenge of moving people outside their comfort zone, so going to open a new store or moving into a different department, 
is going to be a big continuous piece as well. So we're building a really but robust succession plan at the moment in order to do that. And in terms of retention, I'm just wondering what that might what that what that looks like too, because there's a high level of investment, isn't there, both in um, and internal and external training. Mm. What have you seen happen to your retention figures? Well, I'm very pleased to say that it's halved in the nine years that we've been there. So you can imagine when I joined without any structures in place, it was at an extremely high level, which was so damaging to the business. But with all these various strategies, like hiring the right people, making sure that they're developed, that they're engaged, that there's a positive culture, that's really had quite a significant effect. And external to Planet Organic, how do you share that success story? Yeah, so I've spoken at a number of events explaining the strategies that we've used to talk about that. We have quite a strong uh, social media profile, Instagram, Facebook, so people can see that through there as well. Mm. Because I think in, in particular, um, given the, the field that you're working in, I mean, it lends itself to Instagram, doesn't it? Let's face yes. it. But I think that a lot of people will look at Instagram as a part of their um, research into you as an employer. Yes, actually. Yeah. So we've got over 100,000 followers on Instagram. Yeah. Also, we have a really good careers website as well, which talks about some of those success stories. So an employee should be going into that and having a look before they come for interview. But also I think it's word of mouth, isn't it? And the best people that we have are through employee referrals. So I think that's mm. really helping the quality of people improve day to day. So just finally, in summary, I think, thinking about some of the main stories that we've talked about, the turnaround of internal progression, the consistency of customer focus, the warmth and engagement with your people what do you think are the maybe I don't know two or three key things that you and your colleagues in the senior leadership team need to really continue to do to keep that moving forwards so the three points to move forward I would say are just to build on those initial ones that we had in the early days so maintaining this positive culture to make sure that employees remain engaged not compromising on the quality of people that you're hiring, even the most challenging times, and making sure that the learning and development carries on, but also is refreshed from time to time, so looking at new and interesting initiatives. Because you've talked about pace of change, and it's just going to keep moving, isn't it? We're moving now. um, Somebody very wisely said to me, the pace at which we're changing now is the slowest that it's going to be for us. Oh my it's gosh. It's just going to keep moving. <laughs> it's just going to get faster. We've got to keep up, don't we? Yes. Yeah. This is London. It's uh, it's a war for talent. You need to be super agile. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I think that's been a really fascinating conversation. Thank you for sharing all of that with me. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening, and if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Smart Speaker, or wherever you get your podcasts, and please leave a rating and review to help others find out about the show. This is a Podo podcast produced by Nick Hilton in association with Corndell. Mm-hmm.